Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net.
and learn how you can enter in by faith into the holiest presence of God that's been made available to us through the blood of Jesus Christ with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having your heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and your body washed with pure water because the blood was shed, your sins are remitted. And where there's remission of sins, there's no recall of sins and there's no more offering for sin. And you have boldness because the Holy Ghost put His stamp of approval and endorsement on it. And there's a new covenant and you can enter in because you're perfected by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. But to have it available to us and to enter in and take advantage of it is two different things. We've got to do it as an act of our will. Now, why should we enter in so that we can praise, worship, and commune with the Father in the holiest place of His presence? That's why. The holiest place of His presence. Why wouldn't we want to? Why would we want the blood of Jesus to be in vain? by us not taking advantage of what He's provided for us. We want to. You see, in Psalm 100, you can read the whole psalm. In the book of Revelation, chapter 4, and you can read verses 8 through 11. And in Isaiah 43, 7 and 21, you put those verses together, and this is why we should take advantage of that open door. God created us. He is the author of life. We belong to Him, and we've been made for His pleasure. Something we should never forget. We've been made for His pleasure. That's why we are and we were created to bring pleasure to Him, to love Him, to commune with Him, to fellowship with Him. And secondly, He is worthy of, of our praise you know there's no other creature no other being worthy of your praise only god almighty is worthy of our praise that's it and so for those reasons we must take serious the fact that an open door has been placed before us that we need to walk through and enter into so that we can give to God what He deserves. Our praise. The glory that is due His name. And every single one of us has to do it for Himself. I can't worship for you and you can't worship for me. We can only worship for ourselves. And we don't want to be found as Adam was in the very beginning after he sinned hearing the voice of God saying to Adam, Adam, where are you? Bill, where are you? John, where are you? And go on and on and name everyone. In other words, where are you at? I've made the door available to you. It's open. You haven't visited with me. And Adam says, I'm ashamed. I'm afraid. And you know, that's what keeps people out. They think they're unworthy to enter into the holiest presence of God, but that's not true. We just read these scriptures this morning that talked about how the blood of Jesus Christ has perfected us forever. And we have access into His holiest presence by the, that precious blood. And we have a right to be there. And so if He says, where are you? Just say, here I am, Lord. And I'm coming in by the blood of Jesus to talk to you, to love you, to glorify you. And I acknowledge that you made me for your pleasure. And that's why I exist 
That's why I'm alive. And I've come to give you the glory that is due your name. In the book of Acts chapter 13, it says here in verse 2, as they, these leaders of the church, ministered to the Lord, as they ministered to the Lord, as they ministered to the Lord. Anybody here want to know how to have power with God? If there is a power failure in your life, in your ministry, here's the reason why. Failure to first and foremost minister to the Lord means you're going in your own strength and ability. There is a threefold purpose of the church in the earth today. Number one is to minister unto the Lord. Number two is to minister unto the saints. And number three is to minister unto the world. And too often we get so caught up in ministering unto men that we forget about what true ministry is unto the Lord our God. But these men didn't do that. They ministered unto the Lord and fasted and then the result was the Holy Ghost said. See, they knew how to get God involved in their ministries. They had power with God because they never neglected to put the ministry of the Lord first. Ministering to the Lord God is our first priority and foremost ministry in life. And if we'll fulfill that ministry, beloved, we'll have power with God. Remember Jesus set the example? He set himself apart every day. And he worshipped and entered into a place of communion with his heavenly father on a daily basis. Why? Because he was always going to be ministering to people. But he knew that in order to effectively minister to people, he had to be in the presence of his father. And he said, whatever I see my father do, that's what I do. Whatever I hear my father say, that's what I say. That's how close that communion should be. And that's the why of being in the presence of God. We represent him. We want to take fresh from his presence what he gives us. We want to be empowered with his strength. We want to be enlightened by his revelation. And we want to go forth in his spirit, by his spirit, and clothed with his character and then minister to the needs of the body of Christ and as well as the world that's around us. And so we have to realize that as these people first ministered to the Lord, then they had power with God. Then the Holy Ghost said, so it's our responsibility and duty as individuals and as well as a church body to minister unto the Lord. Not just sing songs, and we're going to differentiate between these things, but to minister unto the Lord with all of our heart. And we're going to talk about the three facets of what ministering to the Lord is. Number one being praise. Number two being worship. And number three being communion. Praise, worship, and communion. Listen to this verse in Deuteronomy 10.8 first. The Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the Ark of the Covenant to stand before the Lord to minister unto Him and to bless Him, to give attention unto Him. You think about ministering unto the Lord. What does the Lord need that we have? How can I attend to Him? How can I wait on Him? How can I interact with Him? How do I have something that He needs? Well, we know we do. We have praise to give Him, honor to give Him, worship to give Him, communion to give Him. See, we have many things to give to Him, and in that place of His holiest presence, that's exactly what He wants us to do. But He wants us to understand the differences between praise, worship, and communion so that when we come together as a local body of believers like this, we don't overemphasize one and leave the other out. 
Because you see, beloved, if we do, we can fail in our first and foremost ministry, which is ministering unto the Lord our God. Today, we are God's priests. We're that holy nation. We're the called out ones, the ecclesia. We have come out of the darkness. And for what reason? To show forth the praises of Him. We are a kingdom of priests to show forth the praises of the one who called us out of darkness, to offer up spiritual sacrifices of praise unto Him. In the Old Testament, they offered up animal sacrifices, physical sacrifices. In the New Testament, we offer up what? Spiritual sacrifices unto God that are made acceptable by the precious blood of Jesus Christ and His presence as our Lord High Priest at the right hand of the Majesty on high. As we do this, in turn, God Almighty gives Himself to us. He gives Himself back to us and empowers us to minister unto His people and to minister effectively in the world. See, that's exactly what they did after Jesus resurrected from the dead and, and uh, was received up into glory. They were everywhere, from house to house, breaking bread in the Word, and also, it says, singing praises unto God, ministering unto the Lord on a consistent daily basis knowing the value of doing so and when they came fresh from that presence of God they were empowered with the ability of God and then they went and ministered unto the people in a powerful and effective way and beloved if we are going to change things around us where we live we've got to do so in the power of God we can't do it with human might or strength but it takes the power of the Most High God to do so. I want you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 13, if you would, please. And let's talk about what it means to minister unto the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 13, first of all, it means to praise. We are to be a people of praise. And praise focuses on the things the Lord God has done. As priests, we no longer offer the bloody sacrifices of the Old Testament we offer the spiritual sacrifice of praise and we give thanks, praise, honor, and glory and blessing to God for all the mighty things that He has done. And so it's like Miriam and all the Israelites, when they came across the Red Sea, they got to the other side and the mighty act of deliverance caused them on the inside to be full of joy and glee and they began to praise God and dance on the other side for the mighty thing he had done a mighty work was wrought a mighty work was done and they had spontaneous praise overflowing their lives because they saw the hand of God at work and rightfully so they praised him so praise re involves responding to what God does or something that God has done for us now it also involves boasting on him if I'm going to make any boast, it's going to be on the Lord my God. Psalm 104 talks about that our God is very great. He is clothed with honor and majesty. He is covered with light as a garment. He stretched forth the heavens like a curtain. He laid the beams of His chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds His chariot. He walks upon the wings of the wind. He makes His angels spirit. His ministers of flaming fire. He set the boundaries of the sea and the waters shall not pass over. Laid the foundations of the earth and it shall not be removed forever. That's pretty great. If you're going to boast on anybody, who would you boast on? Think about that. Who do you serve? That's who I serve. I said, that's who I serve. He made heaven, earth, 
see, and all that in them is. Who do you boast on? See, boast, praise, boast, glory to God. He made the heavens and the earth and the sea. That's praise. And we get so excited. We shout. We lift our voice. As a matter of fact, this verse talks about it. Look, verse 15, Hebrews 13. By him, therefore, notice the words by him, by Jesus. Everything is made right by Jesus. Jesus at the Father's right hand makes our praise acceptable to the Father. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Notice it's a sacrifice. The Old Testament was an animal sacrifice. The New Testament, it's a sacrifice of what? Praise. Someone says, well, what's a sacrifice of praise? Well, it's not mourning. It's not complaining. It's not murmuring. It means even when you might be sad, it means when you don't even feel like it, you sacrifice praise to God because you know your sacrifice of praise is going to be pleasing unto Him. He'll get involved in your affairs. Praise Him in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. And then, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto His name. Thank you, I praise you, I thank you, I bless you. See, we need to do that individually and as a collective body of believers. Lift our voice to God and praise Him. Well, how do we do that? Look at Psalm 150. We might as well go back there because you know you have to. There's just no other way to look at it because this psalm kind of summarizes all the psalms. And it tells you how to praise God. And you know what? We want to praise God the way God wants us to praise Him. Praise, boast, shout, sing, dance, rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You're good. You're a big God, a great God, a mighty God, a wonderful God. Mighty in power. See, that's what it's talking about. You can't boast on Him. Who can you boast on? You can't shout about Him. Who can you shout about? Psalm 150, praise, I love this psalm because it's so explicit, it's a good uh, for teaching purposes, praise ye the Lord, tells you who to praise, you praise who, the Lord, tells you where, praise God in his sanctuary, someone says that means this building, no, you are the sanctuary, this is the sanctuary of God because the church is meeting here and corporately we make a household for God. We, we create a sanctuary for God as we all meet together. So let's praise Him here in this sanctuary that we have provided for God by our coming together here this evening. Praise Him where? In the sanctuary and in the firmament of His power or in the vast regions of space. It goes on to say, praise Him for what now? For what? For His... See, praise involves something God does. For His mighty acts. Oh, thank you for making the heavens. Thank you for making the earth. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for sending Jesus. That's praising God for the great things He has done. Praise Him for His explosions of almightiness, that verse is really saying. Praise Him according unto His excellent greatness. You're so very great. Praise Him. Now look at, look at this. With the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with a psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with string instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That includes how many? I appreciate your enthusiasm tonight. You have breath? It includes who? All of us. And that is going to come to pass whether people do it or not because they'll do it either voluntarily or involuntarily. It's going to be done. 
But praise is focusing on what? What he does. It's responding to what? What God does. Now, worship is different. Go to Revelation chapter 4, if you would, please. Worship is different than praise. But they're both involved in ministering unto the Lord. And many times in our, our, our Christian church services, we can get caught up in one and neglect the other. We can get so caught up in praise that we neglect what worship is all about in ministering unto the Lord. You see, while praise centers in on what God does, worship, which comes from the word worth-ship, and you put those words together, worship, that's where you get worship from, centers on who He is, the reality of His person. We're focusing in on Him. And it says here in Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 11. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. Now I want you to notice that God is worthy. Everybody say worthy. It means to ascribe worth to. Only He is worthy to receive. Only He is worthy to receive. See, God receives something here. Glory, honor, and power. Only God is worthy. No one else qualifies to be worthy, to be worshipped. Only God is worthy to be worshipped. That's why there cannot be any other idols. That's why we can't have any other false gods. Only God Almighty who created all things is worthy to be worshipped. So we ascribe all worth unto Him and therefore we give Him worship so He can receive from us worship because He is worthy of our worship. So worshiping God means giving God something, doesn't it? See, he's worthy to receive something from us. And so it implies our giving something to God. Did you bring something tonight to give to God? If you lived in the days of the old covenant, you better. Man, when you went into the, uh, the church, you better bring an offering. You better bring a sacrifice. You better bring something. And you can do that with your tithes and offerings. You're giving something to God. But here we're talking about worship. Worship involves giving something. I want to read to you 1 Chronicles 16, 29. You can look it up later for yourself. Give unto the Lord the glory to His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Bring Him something. So you've got to bring Him something from your life that he is worthy to receive. Well, it just said, give him the glory that's due his name. How do I do that? How do I give God the glory that's due his name? With my worship. Now, see, worship involves 
bowing before his presence. As a matter of fact, you're in Revelation chapter 4 there. Let's just back up a little bit and see what they did. Look at verse 8. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory, give glory. See, that's called in giving glory, isn't it? Isn't it? Those beasts were giving him glory by saying, holy, holy, holy. And when those beasts give him glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, for, throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him. Notice, falling down, worshiping him forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne saying, See, that's giving him honor, bowing before his presence. See, beloved, praise will bring His presence. When His presence comes, worship is bowing. Like Isaiah saw the Lord, when, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, his train filled the temple, the angels cried, Holy, he fell before the presence of the Lord. Can you see that? See, when the presence of the Lord is manifested, you see worship taking place. Anywhere you see the presence of the Lord manifested, you will see people bowing before His presence. John on the Isle of Patmos, here, in this writing right here, when he turned and saw Jesus, what did he do? Fell. Fell. Honor. We see it sometimes on TV when you have like a king, there's a show and a king and, and all the people bow before him get on their knees and and just bow before the king beloved i can't think of any greater king to bow before than the king of kings and the lord of lords and almighty god our heavenly father the only omnipotent one the only potentate so we're bringing him something. So did you come to bring him something tonight? That something needs to be on the inside of us. Our love expressed in words. Oh, Father, I just glorify you. I give you the glory that's due your name. I honor you. With the fruit of my lips, I bless you and praise you and glorify you in this holiest place of your presence. See, that's worshiping the Father. It's like the story I heard about um, President Lincoln. An elderly woman, woman made an appointment to see him in his office on one afternoon. And she came into his office on the scheduled time. And the president said to her, how may I be of any service to you? And she said, well, I know that you're a busy man. I haven't come to ask anything of you. As a matter of fact, I only came because I wanted to bring you a box of cookies that I know that you love. And so here they are. At that point, there was a period of silence followed by tears running down his cheeks. And President Lincoln looked at her and said, I want you to know that since I've been the President of the United States of America, many thousands have walked through that door and sat in my office. And every one of them wanted something from me, either a favor or something. 
He looked at her and said, I want you to know you're the first person that ever, has ever walked into my office simply to give me something and to ask nothing of me. For that, he said, I am deeply touched. You see, beloved, there comes a time that we've got to be so in love with our Heavenly Father that we're not concerned about getting anything from Him. We're just here to give something to Him. And He deserves what we have to give. He made us to love Him. He made us for His pleasure. Worship involves giving something to God. And when His presence is manifested, beloved, He wants us individually on our own to do something from our own hearts. That woman baked cookies because she knew the president liked them and gave them to him. We know the Father loves to hear us cry out, Holy, Holy, Holy. He loves to see His children bow before Him in love and adoration. He loves it when we say thank you, Father, for who you are, the great and mighty one, the holy one, the worthy one. I give to you the glory that is due your name. I give words, heartfelt words of appreciation and gratitude. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Communion is the third way that we can actually minister unto the Lord. In that place of His holy presence where we are caught up in the reality of His being there and our being right there before Him, as we see the elders, as we see the beasts, crying out, Holy is our God, holy is the Lord, worthy is the Lamb. As we're there conscious of the reality of that presence, we are there to experience the culmination of it all, which is communion. And entering into a closeness with Him that in many cases needs no interpretation. Do you know what I mean by that? You know on the inside exactly what he is saying without hearing the word. You know that in the place of that holy presence, he has communicated effectively to you his love. He has imparted something into your spirit of his character, of his nature, of his ability. They that wait upon the Lord shall exchange strengths. There's an exchange that takes place. We absorb His strength. We absorb His ability. We absorb His power. We absorb His love. We take into ourselves His peace. What a place. It's a holy place. It's an awesome place. Where in many cases you're awestruck. Like so many were. Dumbfounded incapable of speaking because of the closeness and the holiness of the moment.
But that's communion, where there is an inward flow because of the upward expression of gratitude and thanksgiving and worship that it sends to the... There is an inward flowing of His character, of His ability, of His strength, of His power. There is a deposit that comes into your life from His that changes you from the inside out. That you can't achieve any other way. That which is there is no substitute for. His health, the countenance of His health, lighting your life. The action of the Holy Spirit quickening your mortal body because of the closeness of your communion with Him. Oh, there's an exchange that takes place. And it's glorious. We need to praise, yes. We need to worship, yes. We need to exchange in communion with Him. Oh, beloved, can we go there? May we enter in as a whole body of believers. You see why your participation is vital? Do you see that now? Because only you can worship for you. Only you can praise for you. And may I clarify something? Psalm 150 is just as true today as it was back then. If you want to praise Him with your trumpet, sound the trumpet. If you want to praise Him with the timbrel and dance, praise Him with the timbrel and dance. We have never, ever shunned anybody and said you can't dance before the Lord. You can't worship in that manner. If you want to praise Him with a string instrument and organ, I pray it's in tune when you do. Amen. You want to praise Him with your loud symbol, your high-sounding symbol. But most importantly, I believe in that chapter, it says, if you've got breath, praise Him. I'll tell you what, get those vocal cords of yours in action and start praising the name of the Lord your God on high. You want to talk about a revolutionary uh, uh, work of God to take place in your life? You start seeing this and you start praising Him. And when His presence is manifested in your praise, I'll tell you, then you start worshiping Him and glorifying Him and honoring Him by bowing in His presence and lifting up your hands and saying to Him, I love you, I bless you, I glorify you, Father God. Holy art thou, holy, holy, you're the holy one, you're the worthy one. I'm looking at who you are, the reality of your person, the countenance of your presence right here in my midst. I'm focusing in on that. I'm telling you, that's giving him the, 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 the glory that's due his name. For he is worthy of that. And then in that place of communion, I'll tell you, sometimes it'll come to a hush. And in that place of communion, no words of exchange are necessary because you know exactly what He is saying to you on the inside. Hallelujah. Amen. What's left to do is get our praise and worship team up here. See, that's why it's called praise and worship. Praise, worship, and communion team up here. And let them help us I want us to reverence His presence here tonight, saints. I want us to understand that we are the sanctuary of God. I want us to come tonight to give the glory to His name. This one who was spoken to by God to, in church, minister unto the Lord more, saying that 
that ministry has been left out in the church. Yes, there's praise, but praise mostly affects the individual. It gets them pumped up, fired up, and going in the right direction. Then the presence of God comes, and then they back off. Worship. Worship. And oh, when that worship began to flow, and that holy hush would come, the presence of the Lord would come in, miracles would take place, signs and wonders, demonstrations of the mighty power of the Most High God would occur with no one moving, no one saying anything, no one laying hands on anybody, but the power of God was so richly manifested that needs were being met right there in that place as the hearts of the people came together as one and began to minister unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we minister unto the Lord tonight? Will we enter into His holiest presence tonight? I'll tell you, I want to give you liberty. If you want to come around this altar and just get lost in the reality of His presence, you're welcome to do so. If you want to bow there, you're welcome to do so. If you want to walk around and express yourself that way, you're, you're just welcome to do so. If you want to lie on the ground, prostrate before the Lord, you're welcome to do so. Just glorify Him and honor Him. You see, it's of the heart. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.